Hey, dealmakers, and welcome to the show where it's all about financial freedom with real estate. Let's do this. You're listening to the Financial Freedom with Real Estate Investing podcast, hosted by Garrett Lynch and Michael Blanc, where we talk all about how you can achieve financial independence through apartment building investing. Whether you're just starting out or you want to scale your syndication business, this is the show for you. Today, we're going to talk about writing a book. Okay, maybe you thought about writing a book, maybe you haven't. A lot of real estate syndicators don't really think about writing a book, but it's, it can be a critical part of building a platform. And so what I mean by platform is a thought leadership platform where that you can use to raise more and more capital. So if you've done a deal or two, you can raise $500,000, you know, through word of mouth and meeting with investors. But if you want to 10x that, you want to go from $500,000 to $5 million, you need a platform. We've talked about building a platform on the show before. Today, we're going to focus on one aspect of the platform, and that is a book. And there's no one better to talk about this than Chandler Bolt, who's the head of a self-publishing school that's helped 7,000 people publish their books. So we're going to get into that. You are going to love this episode. Before we do that, I want to do a quick shout out to Jake Warheim, who left us a review on iTunes for the podcast. He says, this podcast is such an eye-opener, it's jam-packed, full of knowledge and wisdom, that I'm grateful for. Michael and Gary keep every episode exciting and inspirational. Thanks so much, Jake, for that review for the podcast. I want to also highlight one of our first deal makers. anyone who does a deal that we've influenced in a, in a way, and that is Oleg Shalumov. And he had a 20 unit in Alabama val- valued at $1.1 million. So congratulations to, to Oleg. And he did work with us. Not everybody necessarily works with us, but many people do. It's the fastest way to get results. And if you're interested in working with us, go to themichaelblank.com forward slash mentor and fill out an application. Just have a conversation with us. You're going to get a lot of clarity around what's important to you and how best to get there. And if we can work together, if we can help you get there faster, avoid some of the bigger mistakes, then great. If not, we'll part as, as friends. Not a, not a big problem. So go check out the, themichaelblank.com forward slash mentor if that is relevant to you right now. With that, let's get our co-host on the show here, Garrett. Garrett Lynch, what's going on? What's going on, Michael? So one of the things that's really, really important in this business is obviously broker relationships. And I I know that, especially when you don't have a track record, trying to get their attention is very difficult. Talk a little bit more about about the best ways to do that right now. I think right now we're in a time where everyone was eating and there were a million deals going on and, and transactions happening left and right. You know, really, I mean, it, this stopped in February. Right. And so it's gotten progressively worse. I think now we're in this phase where sellers just don't want to, they're either going to refinance or they're going to sell if they can get their price and they're not getting their price. And so it's causing problems. So you're just not seeing as many transactions right now. So what you need to do to capitalize on that, doesn't matter what level you're at, is go. Now you have these brokers are free and you can now pour into those relationships and build them out further. Than, than you could last year. This is a huge opportunity that a lot of people I don't think see. And I and the reason I'm thinking about this now and it's on my mind is I just was just in Atlanta last week and the whole Cushman team showed up for for dinner with me. And I'm like, whoa. That never so, happened. They rolled out the red carpet. This would never happen. <laughs> They're bored. Here we go. They're <laughs> bored. As much as I love those guys, <laughs> as many, many deals as we've done with them and, and we're good clients, I guess. There's bigger guys out there and they're just super busy. And the fact that like all of them showed up pretty much from their team, I was like, all right, this is an opportunity to really get on their good side and build a deeper relationship. So when 
deals come back around and, and free up, you're sitting pretty ready to go. Well, that's the thing. And, and you as an investor, you want to stand out from, from the rest. And most people, by the way, are not prepared to jump on a plane and actually tour a property and take them out to lunch or dinner. And that sets you apart. So anything that sets you apart from anyone else is is really key in building a relationship with 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 these brokers. And they'll take you out right now. They tell yeah. you they they've got their company card. They're just not even using it. So <laughs> have them take you out for a nice two K dinner, or whatever you want, man. It's it's great. These guys. And by the way, they're awesome. All these these teams are are, are awesome. And you know, pick a market. If you want to break in a new market, go out, get with these guys in person they're they're available and it's going to pay dividends down the road i don't care what anyone says like i know that i have a leg up against all my competition because of our reputation and the relationships i've built with certain brokerages if i go try to do a deal with a different one but we don't have that built it's much more difficult and i have a greater chance of losing a deal yeah so now is a time to really build a relationship with your with your brokers and and there could be a little bit of a lull in the action we saw this right after covid as well where there's a disconnect between what sellers want and what buyers are willing to pay based on what's going on in the market and we're kind of seeing that right now but we do think it's going to normalize again probably in a, in a month or two when things are going to start normalizing the fed will raise their rates to 4% and then they're probably going to stop for the remainder of the year or make small adjustments that will allow the lending market to stabilize and those two will come together. Now, what we found after COVID, it was about a three-month window as they were coming together where we were able to get two deals out of that and we want to we want to be prepared for the same thing. So there are some people who are sitting on their hands right now, totally fine. We're just not one of them. Now, we're not going to compromise our underwriting criteria, but we're going to use this opportunity, like Garrett's saying, to build relationships with brokers. And when one of these deals hits, we want to be ready for them. We're also doing a lot of work, Garrett, on our lender relationships. Talk about that a little bit as well. Yeah, I mean, right now is a really good time to do the same thing. Find lenders that you haven't worked with before, or that, or that maybe you know they're coming onto the scene and start to build up the same conversations you can have with them. You can meet with those guys too. I I like to go on a roll with, with a lender that I like a lot and then build that relationship. See, it's also easier when you have the same lender, if you're doing like CapEx items through them or whatever, you can have an easier operation on the other side. So we, we picked one when we were doing bridge loans and that operator has been really easy to work with on the other side. And so now, you know, all of our CapEx draws are, are, are simple and we have that relationship on all our sites with them. So it's the same opportunity exists with them and really any vendors you think about that you couldn't reach, jog your memory, think about the the guys out there that you're like, man, I just wish I had a conversation with these guys to, to enhance our business, whether it's on the capital side, maybe it's family offices, maybe it's hedge funds, whatever it is, their time is freed up. Anyone that's not transacting right or that's in the transaction business, that's not doing transactions, this is an opportunity to go charge and build those relationships. Well, that's a really good point. And there's always market cycles. They go up and down, right? As you know, anyone has done any kind of real estate deal, whether it's a single family house or an apartment building, man, transactions take a lot of time. And when you're in the middle of a transaction, nothing else gets done. Unfortunately, and really other things should get done. For example, when you're in a transaction, you should continue underwriting deals. Does that always get done? No, not so much. So right now is a good time to look at your, your long-term planning Building a relationship with brokers and lenders is a great time. And the other thing we're talking about now is building your platform, becoming a platform builder, really looking forward ahead. If you've done one or two deals or you you haven't done a deal yet, but you really want to build this business, think about what do you need to do to attract more and more capital? 
Because once you get above a million dollars, it's very difficult for you to chase that many investors. What you want is you want investors to come to you. And the only way to do that is via a platform. What we're going to talk about on the on the show today with Chandler is how to use a book to do that. Now, we're not talking about the core part of the platform. The core platform is, is, is a website, its ability to, to give something away for free to, to get the lead, the automations on the back end to nurture that. We're not talking about that part of it today. But once that's in place, a book is a fantastic way to not only generate new leads, new investors, but to build an amazing amount of credibility with them. And we want to know from Chandler, what is that process? Should you self-publish? Should you traditional publish? What does the process look like? some best practice on actually writing this stuff and and launching the book and why it's actually important for every single real estate investor to actually write a book. Let's get right into the interview with Chandler Bolt. Hey Chandler, welcome to the show today. Michael, great to be here. Thank you for having me. Man, it's great to have you on here, man. I've been I've been following you from distance for for a while when I published my book in 2018. I was listening to your podcast and downloading some of your tools. I think there may have been an ebook or something that you put out and I think you said at the time that, you know, writing the book is like the smallest part of it. And I was like, what are you talking about? I thought that's the whole thing, you know? Yeah. <laughs> and I got into it and I'm like, holy moly, there's so much more to it. But, you know, the book has been such an amazing way to build our platform, both on, you know, on, and teaching people how to do, how to invest in apartments, but also getting people to invest as well. And it's, I think that's what you're all about is, is how do you use a book to really grow a platform? That's what we want to talk about here as well. But how did you get started with that? Tell us, give us a little background. Yeah. So I'm a C-level English student and a college dropout with ADHD who ended up writing and publishing books, which was not the path that I thought I would take. <laughs> but I, I wrote a couple of books on life experience. They did pretty well as I was dropping out of school and I'd ran kind of some other companies small businesses that led me to drop out of school and then did the book thing and dropped out and started a business. The business was, total, was just totally failing. And then meanwhile, people kept asking, Hey, how are you doing this book thing? And it's like, what was know, the book can... about? What was yeah. the first book about? What did Chandler first, first write first about? The first book was my brother plays in a Grammy nominated rock and roll band. It's a pretty big band. And so it was his, it was 15 things our parents taught us growing up that we thought were normal. But then we realized when we got out in the real world, no one gets taught this stuff. And it was his mm. perspective as a musician, my perspective as a business guy on these same 15 things. So how did, a, that, how did a book do? Yeah, it did pretty well. So th that book did pretty well. The other book that I published right about the same time did even better and, and kind of took off. And then people started asking, hey, how are you doing this? We launched what ultimately became self-publishing school and started helping other people do it. And then they started being successful. And then Fast forward to today, and uh, I was mentioning right before the interview, we've published about 7,000 books in the last seven and a half years. And Inc. 5,000, 430, under 30, all that stuff has kind of come from just staying focused and executing and eating, sleeping, breathing books. <laughs> yeah. Well, let's talk about why books, right? I mean, you know, we're real estate investors, and, and I found talking to syndicators that you know, they think they're in the real estate investing business, which may be true in the first one or two or three deals. But what happens is when you need to scale that, when you need to 10x your capital raising, so you've raised $500,000 and you need to raise $5 million. Yeah. The only way to do that is to build your marketing platform. Yes. And you're, I mean, there's different ways to do it. You have both a podcast and a book. Those are two powerful ways of doing it. There's social media, LinkedIn and YouTube and things of that nature. But why do you think a book is so 
important for entrepreneurs in general who are building and want to scale their business, syndication being one of those business. But what do you really like about a book? Yeah, well, I mean, so I'll just I'll just keep going with your with your example, right? Is you, you go from your early fundraising to syndication, you got to raise money at scale. Now, how do you raise money at scale? You got to go from what you got to bring leverage to what you're doing. Well, I call a book, it's leveraged impact, right? I do the work. I create this book once. This book goes on to talk to and impact thousands, tens of thousands, maybe even millions of people. So how do you bring leverage? Well, you go from one to one to one to many in the conversations that you're having. Now, probably as an investor, you have a, sorry, I'm going a million miles an hour, but I got a lot of thoughts on this. Probably as an investor, you've got a thesis that you're raising money based on. Well, what's the, what's the simplest, easiest way to communicate that thesis? Write a book on it. And then potential investors read the book. The root word of authority is author. For a lot of people, you don't become an authority without first becoming an author. And so you become an authority on that topic by writing about your investment thesis or the area that you focus on. And then people, instead of you begging them for money, they'll beg to give you their money because they say, hey, I kind of don't want to do this myself. Can I give my money to you? I'll give you two examples because I've interviewed both of them on my podcast, the Self-Publishing School podcast. You've got Hayden Crabtree, who wrote a book called Skip the Flip. He talked about this. People read his book. They say, hey, I want to invest with you. Same thing with AJ Osborne. I just looked up his book, The Investor's Guide to Growing Wealth and Self-Storage. So he's big in the self-storage arena. He's used that book to, to grow a massive fund around self-storage, multi-unit, all that stuff. So, I mean, this playbook, it's, it's not new, but it's highly effective. Yeah, I mean the, the the way what you're doing as well, and what a lot of people are doing is 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 it not only builds your authority but credibility, right? It's the same thing with a podcast. People listen to a podcast for 45 minutes, 60 minutes. It's a long time. Someone reads a book, it might take four to six hours to read a book. You really get to know a person when you go through that that process. Yeah, and and I think the idea, even here's the thing, and and I mean I learned this in the process. You you, know, you don't typically make millions with books. Okay. Right. I mean, some people do. I mean, some mm -hmm. people do. Okay. But but from an entrepreneur's perspective, I I shouldn't expect to make millions with a book. I mean, right? Is is that a is that a fair thing? Yeah, you probably won't make millions with the book, but you'll make millions from the book. That's so, okay. Well, <laughs> right? that's what I'm that's what I'm trying to get to talk about the distinction and what a book does for a business. Yeah. You know, a lot of people say a book is the new business card. I think a book is better than a business card. Because if you give someone a business card, they're probably going to throw it away within 24 hours. But you give them a book, they're going to hold on to it. And every time they see that book, they think of you, right? And they want to do business with you. So I look specifically, and I was just trying to see if I had it. I don't have a handy. I'm trying to see if I have Hayden's Skip the Flip book. As an example of that, of like, he was on my podcast, sent me that book. And I'm like, I want to get into real estate investing. Let me read that book. And hmm, maybe I should do some syndication stuff with Hayden. Right. So I look at the book though, is how do you use the book to get more leads, sales, and referrals? So leads, people who haven't heard of you, but who pick up your book and now they know about you. More sales. These are people who know about you, who now choose to do business with you in the real estate context as they're choosing to invest with you. And then referrals, you know, if you've already got a, investors, the simplest would send two books to every investor and say, here's one for you. And here's one for someone you know who's thinking about investing in this area. Well, guess what? They're probably going to re-up with you. I'm like, oh, by the way, I've got an extra 100K in cash. Do you have any deals? And they hang out with other people who might invest. And even just if, if we want to get super practical, if, there, if you've got a list of 
20 to 100 high net worth individuals that you want to talk to about potentially investing in your syndicate or in your fund, what's the best way to get their attention? Send them a book in the mail, go old school with a note, and then say, hey, let's chat, right? So Chandler, one of the things in it's kind of play off what you're talking about a little bit. So Michael, I noticed in kind of the newer books or later books, there's a lot of like resources embedded into the books for people to go, go to this website. How does someone navigate that? And how do they understand what they should include in that book to kind of, to, to make that go even further? Yeah, that's a great question. So what you're talking about, I'll, I'll explain this, but I also build on this. It's in chapter 16 of my new book. It's using a book to, to build an email list. And because I talk about how, you know, to get what you're talking about is how do you get someone to go from reader to subscriber or customer, or in this context, really to investor. Yeah. And so I, I look at that as, okay, most important thing is in the very front of the book. Now, I don't know. I know people listen to this podcast. So I don't know if anyone can see the video, but you guys can. And so I'm, I'm showing the first couple of pages of my new book published. I give away audiobook and video summary for free. So now they're more likely to consume those two things. We're starting a relationship and I just got all of their contact information, which is worth way more to me than the three bucks on the book, right? This is like very micro kind of thing. But if you've ever clicked the look inside button on Amazon, you know, to like preview a book. Well, now all of a sudden, because I have this, I'm just funneling thousands and thousands of people off of Amazon who, some of which don't even buy my book. Whoa. That's totally fine by me. <laughs> and because those- That's ninja those stuff right there, leads. Chandler. I mean, I'm getting pretty cool. free leads or I'm getting, I'm getting paid to get leads and people think Chandler's an idiot. He doesn't even know I can get this audiobook for free. Of course <laughs> I know that, right? Now, a lot of them will end up going to buy the book, but if not, I've at least just got a free lead that I would have otherwise paid- tens of dollars for whatever, whatever we're paying for leads these days. But then I look at, okay, how throughout the book can I have five to seven CTAs or calls to action that add value on the thing that's, that I'm specifically teaching or helping with in that chapter. And so that way it's, it's additive to the reader journey. So if they decide not to be a customer, no worries chapter, whatever, five or six, it's like, here's an outline template. It's a 25 page Google doc pre-formatted. And this is a chapter about how to outline your book. So it's like, it's things that just make it easier to implement. But then also if someone's really serious, they'll opt in. And then last thing is just for your, your best readers. And I, I know I saw Hayden do this in his book. And then I do something similar, obviously different market, but the, the, the final call to action is, hey, if this was helpful and you want to work with us, book a call, chat with the team. So these are, your, these are your most qualified people. They just read the whole book. So an example for your guys' industry could be, hey, invest with us. And here's how to do it. Book a call with someone on the team or whatever that, that sales funnel or process looks like. Yeah, and this is really important that you guys are listening to this stuff. It, 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 you don't write a book to make sales per se. It's exactly what Chandler's saying. It's a, it's a business card that generates leads for you. And this is probably the best way to, to, to use it is, is to mail it out to existing or prospective investors, educate them, build trust, and at the end, book a call. Hey, let's, let's get on, on a call with each other. Giving away something for free in that book is, is fantastic. In our, in our book, I have a companion course that I copied Pat Flynn, what he did. And it's great. Hey, I'm analyzing this deal, but if you want to see me do it live, well, click here and you get this this video. And now that generates Super leads. I got about smart. 
Yeah, so smart. I may have got copied from you and or Pat and synthesized the whole thing. We talked you know? about that on the podcast. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, it's, the yeah. Mini, it's the mini course concept. It's the I mini course is, concept. It's a little bit advanced for a lot of people, but if you can do it like you've done it, it's very, very smart. It's an additive, not sorry. It's additive, right? It's not like because I think where sometimes people go wrong is they they pull out this thing that should have been in the book. Yeah. <laughs> and then people are pissed. It's like, well, hold up. What do you mean I got to go to your site and do this thing? But your example is, hey, I taught you the framework. If you want to go see me do this click by click or, you know, right. step by step, then it's a show me, which I think that's, that's right. the, the, you know, you've probably heard Russell Brunson and a bunch of other people talk about the value ladder. There's teach me how to do it, show me how to do it and do it for me. Yeah, and, and that's that's the yeah. perfect call to action. If you hey, if this seems too much for you, which it probably is, why don't you just hire me and just yes. you know, this yes. seems like a, a lot for you to invest yourself. It may or not be for if you just want to invest, why don't you call us and just in, invest with us, right? And so mm-hmm. now there's a couple objections that come to mind. I mean, everybody wants to be a published author, right? But of course, who really is? Very very few people. And one of the objections I hear is, you know, there's so many books on real estate investing, or pick pick any industry, healthcare, whatever it is. So many books in real estate investing. Why in the world would I put out a book? Why should I do it when there's so many other stuff out there? For me, it goes back to leverage. It's it's yes, it's hard and it's it's competitive. But it's two things. Why you should do it is because it's going to bring leverage to everything that you do. It's a short term investment in time and money to create a long term asset that will continue to bring in leads, customers, and impact for the rest of your life and and hopefully long after you're off this earth, right? And then the competition piece, what my recommendation in there is, is we talk about this as the four Ps of a best-selling book, person, pain, promise, price. So get more specific. Yeah, there's a ton of real estate books. There's a ton of books on publishing, right? But how do you get more specific on the person that you're writing to and write to one person who you actually know, not an avatar, but a person that you actually know, and then write to the pain that they have that they know that they have. And then what's the promise that you're making with the book? And then there's the price of the book, which is pretty straightforward. But if you do that well, and then you know they say the riches are in the niches, and then your book will do very well. Like just for example, you know, AJ Osborne, going back to him. The investor's guide to growing wealth and self-storage. That's very specific. <laughs> and no one wakes up and is like, I need to read a self-storage book. But if they're intrigued by this, they might buy the book, they might read the book. And just looking right now, it's 522 ratings and reviews on, on Amazon. Nice. So it's obviously done pretty well. Yeah, that's pretty good. If you want to work with a full-time syndicator to help you get up to speed faster, get your first deal done this year, and scale your portfolio so you can quit your job, then check out our mentoring program. It's at themichaelblank.com forward slash mentor. It's the only program out there that actually guarantees results. That's right. We actually guarantee that you do your first deal in the first year. Otherwise, we'll keep working with you. And set up a a strategy session call and explore whether it's right for you. It's themichaelblank.com forward slash mentor. Another thing I hear sometimes is that, you know, it is a lot of work. So let's talk, let's talk about that. And back to the, the original point is the, the writing is, is really kind of the, the, maybe even the smallest part of, of the process. But can you just outline in general what the process really is? And, and let's, let's assume for now that we're self-publishing. Guys, we're talking about the yeah. self-publishing school, okay? And, and so just maybe outline and we can kind of drill down a little bit on, on each part of it. 
and maybe some nuances here, but just kind of just talk about the scope of what we're what we're dealing with here. Yeah, absolutely. It's a great question. So big picture, we're talking about eight milestones. Just to, uh, I like to make complicated things simple. And so again, I don't think anyone can see this, but if you go, if you go to my book published the Amazon page, this image is there. It's, it looks like a mountain and it's eight steps in the process of writing and publishing. So these first four steps are what's called the more writing method. It's mind map. More is an acronym. Mind map, outline, rough draft, editing, right? And so my map outline rough draft, and we've really got two types of editing here. So that's milestones one through five, then milestone six cover design, then formatting the book so that it looks good and, and, and looks like a good quality book, you know, and then number eight is, is to launch the book successfully. So big picture, those are the eight milestones along the journey. Yeah, that's cool. Now, I'm a pretty busy guy. I don't have time to write a book. Maybe I should hire mm -hmm. uh, you or someone else to ghostwrite the book. What do you what do you think of that? Yeah, so two things here. I mean, we've got I think for, you know, 90% or more of people who hire a ghostwriter that it's just a horrible experience and they don't write a great book and it's not in your voice. I would love personally to be able to execute on that business model cuz people who charge for ghostwriting it's 30 thousand, 40,000, 50,000, a hundred thousand plus. <laughs> so it's, it's a lot higher ticket to get it done well. And it can be done well, but it's really, 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 really hard. So our kind of stance in the marketplace is let's help you, let's save you hundreds of hours in the process. Let's save you thousands of dollars in the process. And let's help you write a better book that actually sells copies and grows your business. Now we don't ghostwrite, but we help people shrink that process where they can write a great book themselves and then work with an editor to make that book better, right? And so that's kind of the stance that we take and what we believe leads to the best outcome in terms of quality of the book and outcome for the author. So Chandler, who is this not for? Yeah. And are you talking about writing a book or self-publishing school? Yeah, just writing a book. I mean, is it for everyone or is it, is it not? Uh, you know, yeah, it's, you know, New York Times says 81% of people want to do it. We know that less than 1% of people actually do it. And I used to th I used to think that not everyone should write a book. <laughs> and then I had a friend really challenge me on that. And he said, well, what about like, have you ever wanted to read the book, like a book from your grandpa who had passed, who has passed away? And I never got to meet him. He died when I was one years old. And I said, you know, actually, yes. Yeah. So in that context, I think everyone should write a book, even if it's just for your kids and your grandkids. But as far as it's like legacy, yeah, le there's, there's legacy, there's business, there's maybe this is a passion project. Like a lot of people fall in one of those buckets, but as far as the business side, like if you're doing it for your business and you're not willing to do it well, don't do it. The world doesn't need more crappy business books. So if you're not, if you're not willing to really make something quality, I think it's probably not for you. Just do something else. But if, if you want to actually do a book, that's good, that is, you can, drop the mic on that topic and then point to it for decades, then I think it's a really, really strong strategic move. How long does it take Chandler typically to, to go A to Z in, inside like a program like yours? Yeah. So our students typically nine to 18 months is kind of the ballpark. Now the traditional published route is going to be a lot longer than that and self-publish on your own. It could take decades if you're not disciplined, <laughs> you know, but that's typically how long it takes. And our goal is to help someone get a rough draft done in a handful of months. And again, save them hundreds of hours in the process because time is money. So that's, that's right. kind of the ballpark. 
it took me a while like, to, to get it going. It took me a lot longer to start writing than I thought. Yeah. And, I, and I, I was writing blog posts before, so I don't have no trouble writing. But for some reason, with a book, I didn't make it a priority. And, and I would write for like a 45 minutes and then not for like four days. And I would forget what my train of thought was until I figured out that I need to write 45 minutes every morning. So every morning, I, I it took me like 10 minutes just to get back into it. What did I write about? Then I, you know, and I, and then I fatigued after like 35 minutes. I could, I was, I just, I was tired. But what are some, some other, some best practices you've seen to keep people, like you said, disciplined and on track? I love your process, Michael. I think that's super smart. One thing that, that we do with some of our authors, I call this the 30 day rough draft challenge. It's kind of modeled after exactly what you were just talking about is mind map outline rough draft, right? So mind map the book at a big picture level then outline the book at a big picture level and then write the rough draft one chapter at a time. And to do that, for some people, it's they, they need that discipline and accountability. So 30 days, uh, write for two 30-minute blocks a day. Um, so two 30-minute blocks a day. Now do that. Oh, this is kind of some new concepts that we're working on. So I'm having to, forgive me, I'm having to look into the actual book to see this. <laughs> But try try that and then post a daily word count. Just screenshot. It's, we kind of modeled this after 75 hard, which has worked well for a lot of people, losing weight, getting fit, all that stuff, mental, mental toughness. And so do that for 30 days. And even if you just write a few hundred words a day, well, now all of a sudden you've got 15,000, 30,000 words done in 30 days, which is most of the way towards a rough draft of a book. Yeah, that's pretty awesome. I, one of the things I under well before we get to the underestimating part, I knew that I don't I didn't want to do the formatting and the final editing, the formatting, and the publishing, right? And that's that's some, one thing that you guys do as well. So once the rough draft is done, you guys just make it look good. You get it on Amazon, yeah. and I mean I, I mean I, I'm I'm sure you agree that that's something that someone should not do themselves. So first of all, it's very time consuming. Yeah, <laughs> and, and very technical. Yes, it is. And back in 2018, when you were going through some of our stuff, we did not do that. And we finally recently rolled that out on just request. I mean, we just, we, we would, we would refer out to it, but then people were like working with a cover designer, a formatter where they need to upload. It's just like this whole thing. So we just, we started bringing all that stuff in house, saves people a ton of time, saves people a ton of money. It helps lead to a better outcome with their book. It's kind of like, I look at it as like that final mile of the publishing process. It's like ISBN, book cover, formatting, upload, SEO, oh, yeah, book tedious. description, categories and keywords, like all of these really technical things that set up your book for success that if you don't do them, then you will have just wasted a lot of time. We now just do all that stuff for people. So I agree with you. When you advise syndicators on how, how to build our platform, we call them platform builders. We, 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 I agree philosophically with a lot of things you've been saying. First of all, do not outsource the creation of the content but always outsource the production and distribution of the content, whether it's a YouTube channel or blog or email, things of that nature. Now, back to the thing that I did underestimate was the launch of it. So I, I figured I took the writing. It took longer than I thought. I knew I was going to outsource that stuff. But the launch was a significant, I mean, it's a significant push, right? The launch itself and there's this you know, a launch team. And, you know, because the book publisher, even traditional ones, don't actually really market the book for you at all. What are some of your advice on how to launch a book when everything's done, it's on Amazon and you want to just, what is, what's your methodology there? Yeah. So in terms of launching, I recommend what I call, there's kind of two, 
two types of launches. There's the MVP launch and the traditional launch. So MVP is kind of your minimum viable product. Traditional launch is any traditionally published book because probably follows a version of that format. And so at the underpinning of both of those is what I call the launch triangle. So the launch triangle, it's kind of the three points or three keys for success, no matter what type of launch, is creating a launch team, getting reviews, and then doing promotions of your book. So those are kind of like the three fundamental elements. A launch team is a small group of people who support your book and your launch. Could be 15 people, 50 people, maybe more. Friends, family members, customers, investors. Then that segues into reviews because those folks leave, they, they read, read the book ahead of time and leave a review on day one. So now all of a sudden you've got 50, 15, whatever the number is, reviews right out of the gates. And then that leads into the promotions piece, which that's really the main difference between the MVP launch and the traditional launch is just how much time, money, and energy do you have to spend on promotions of the book? Yeah, absolutely. And I think you were teaching that back in 2018. I, I may have copied you off that, yeah. that launch yeah. team. <laughs> not as, not, I've gotten better at all the frameworks. I've realized that yeah. I need to do a but, better job of just creating but, frameworks for all this info. It's, it's funny because I, I did hire an editor and their final copy, the launch team found 17 typos in the book that I put out. 17 typos. That's very I normal. Couldn't, I couldn't, <laughs> I couldn't believe it. Think, yeah. I couldn't believe it. So launch team is, is absolutely critical. Now, I know you keep referring to your, your book and it's called Published. And tell us a little bit more about the book and, and where people can find it. Yeah. So the book, you can find it on Amazon or you can grab it. An audiobook, if you're listening to this podcast, you probably like audio content. You can download the audiobook version on Audible. The book is called Published, The Proven Path from Blank Page to 10,000 Copies Sold. And then one thing I'd like to do for this audience is if you'd like a free physical copy of this book, for the first 50 people, we'll give you a free physical copy of this book. Just go to Published Book. So like I published a book, publishedbook.com forward slash financial freedom. Okay. Publishbook.com forward slash financial freedom. You go there. International will give you a free digital copy. Domestic US um, will actually ship you a copy of the book. You don't have to pay anything. There's no strings attached. Shipping, everything is on me. Just literally just fill out the form and tell me where to send it. <laughs> so we'll, we'll send you a book. So you guys thinking of writing a book, which you should get this book from Chandler and find out all about the publishing and what he can do for you working to him together. So Chandler, it's been awesome to finally have you on the podcast, man. Michael, this has been a lot of fun. Garrett, this has been a lot of fun. Thank you guys both for, for having me here. So to me, having a book as part of your platform is critical. Again, you need that core platform as well. Don't just write a book without a core platform. By that, I mean not only a website, but a lead magnet, something free to give away so again, people want it. They will give you their information and there's a nurturing sequence, email sequence afterwards that lead to a call. You want new leads to book a call with you so they eventually invest. Now the book, once that platform is in place, a book is a critical component of that for the reasons I mentioned earlier, because it's not only a lead generator, but it's something you give out at when you when you come with, when you meet people, almost like a business card or you can mail it, what, what Chandler was suggesting as well. And that builds in a lot of authority and trust. And at the end of that book, you have a call to action to book a call with you. You give away something for free that you already have on your platform. And book is an amazing way to expand your business, no matter what business you're in, but specifically for syndications. 
Michael, can you talk about really quick how it impacted you? Because I remember when you were launching this book and there was, I was part of the team that launched it and all these things, there were all these things happening behind the, the scenes, pre-book and post-book, what happened? There's, there's really two best ways for us to, to attract people and to build trust. And, and the number one way is this podcast, right? Someone listens to you for 45 minutes, 60 minutes, they get to know that person and that, that builds trust, right? And so when, when that happens, when, when I'm able to build trust with someone, I now reserve the, I, I have the, the right to suggest some court of action, you know, listen to this, watch this, or maybe invest in your education or invest with us. Right. And, and so podcast is number one, I would say number two is a close second. And that gap is closing only because we're, we're promoting that book a lot more on Amazon. And I love what Chandler is doing. We need to kind of figure out how to do that. Where we're actually giving away the book as a lead, lead magnet in it, in itself. And so it's been, it's just, it's, it's just a, a major way to build rapport. And I do want to revise the 2018 book because so many things have, have happened. Like the cap rates were quite a bit, right? You, in the book where I have an 8% cap rate in there, people are like, oh, well, this book is so old. Obviously none of this stuff in here works anymore, which of course is complete BS, but that's what people think when they see an 8% cap rate, things of that nature. And so it does need to be revised a little bit more. But it is, if you study anyone who's put out a book, even the ones that haven't sold tens of thousands of, of copies, okay, this is what I'm saying, what I was saying earlier in the show, the main book is not for you to sell tens of thousands of copies, okay? It is to build an authority, establish you as someone of authority, and is a great way to build rapport and trust with a potential investor. So even if for every investor you meet in person or online, you mail or send them a book, that act is much more powerful than a single 20 minute phone call that we might have with someone coming off, off the street. Yeah. I, I, and it just goes back to what Chandler said, which is it just brings you a ton of leverage. And, you know, even in paper form, people still read those books. They're still out there. I remember when I read yours, I, I was like, this is, this is great. It right away. I mean, my credibility, your credibility went, went up. So I think I read it before you, we, I was really even involved in Nighthawk and you know, it's, you never know who's reading it. Right. So that's right. I really believe in that. And I love that there's people like Chandler out there that can help you get there without all the, you know, almost like a mentor, right. To get you, get you A to Z because the eight, nine to 18 month process, it's a lot of, a lot of time to get to, you know, writing a book and launching it. Yeah, that's exactly right. So definitely, definitely consider a book and, and go grab the free book from Chandler while he's while he's updating, I think it was, uh, it was publishedbook.com forward slash financial freedom was, was the link as well. And I'm sure, and I haven't read the book yet because he came out pretty, he's written a bunch of books. This is a pretty recent one, but I'm sure he's going to outline the, the book publishing process in detail. Okay. And, and there's going to be a lot of people that's, that just, just want to do everything themselves. That's, that's totally fine. Again, I recommend that you outsource at least the production and the distribution of the book because it's a lot of, a lot of work, a lot of technical process, or you have it done for you, which is what Chandler was suggesting as well. And if you're listening to this podcast and you're like, man, it's, it's real estate investing sounds pretty complicated. It's actually easier than you think, but not everyone is called to become the active entrepreneur. If you have a, a demanding job and maybe you know you, you have a high income and it doesn't make any sense for you to want to leave that position, that job, whatever you're doing, or then why don't you invest passively in one of these syndications? And that's why we have Nighthawk Equity as our investment firm. And we'd love to have a conversation with you. In fact, Chandler's already booking a call right now, right? His problem is he makes too much money. He pays too many taxes, the poor guy. 
we might be able to help him with that. And maybe you're in the same boat as well. So check us out at nighthawkequity.com and just schedule a call with us and we'll we'll put you on our list when we have our next deal. So hopefully you guys were inspired by this. Go write a book. I'll catch you next time. Thanks for listening. Take the next step toward financial freedom by checking out our Freedom Vault, where you can find free resources to help you with apartment building investing. Whether you're an active investor just starting out or looking to scale your syndication business or looking to invest passively, head over to themichaelblanc.com slash vault to gain access to our Freedom Vault. 